most people that are very shallow in their faith tend to backslide. People that don't know why they believe, people that don't know the reason for why they believe, they are the ones that tend to backslide. Amen. But I declare that you are not a backslider in Jesus' name. I said you are not a backslider in Jesus' name. You will stand firm. Hallelujah. I see you standing firm for God. So we discussed shallowness, right? And we discussed that being shallow is one of the reasons why people backslide. It's when they are faced with various trials and various circumstances and situations that somehow seems like it's too much for them to handle. How many of us experience circumstances that seem it as an appearance like it's too much for you to handle? It's not like you can't handle it, but it has an appearance that this is too much for me. Yes, you can't take it anymore. I can't deal. Have you ever heard someone say, I can't deal with these children. I can't deal with these problems. I just can't deal. Mostly the ladies say it. I can't deal with you right now. You understand? So your circumstance and your problem looks like you can't deal with it. Like it's too much that you're unable to bear your cross. You're unable to carry it. And that's an appearance that it's unbearable. But the real thing is that your problem is only for a temporary time. It's only temporary, but it's passing, amen? Like the Bible says that the current situation, please guys in the front, don't talk to each other. If I see you talking, I'll separate you, okay? Cool, thank you so much. So you would see that, that your problem seems like it's up because, why I'm saying that is because it's very distracting. And I realize sometimes I lose my train of thought because I, I see you talking, amen? And I don't want that to happen, amen? So you see, like now I lost my train of thought because I had to correct you all. Right, cool. So you would find out that your, your, your problem doesn't compare to the glory that God is about to reveal into your life. The Bible says our present circumstances, our present situations does not compare to the glory that will be revealed in our lives. But the enemy makes us feel like our circumstances, our problems are unbearable. We can't handle it. So when you can't handle something, it's like even though you know you're supposed to be praying, you don't pray, Charlie. Even though you know you're supposed to read your word, when the circumstance comes, you can't read your word. Have you ever been through something where it's like, you can't pray and you can't read? Hey, maybe, some, maybe your heart is broken. You can't do nothing. Your heart is so broken. You can't pray. Because it's like the situation has overwhelmed you. And, and it's a result. If you are moved by the situation, it means that there's some shallowness inside of you. Because shallowness is the one that will just allow you to be moved by every wind. By anything that comes, you move, you turn your back against God. But not you guys, amen. You guys are strong, hallelujah. You guys are not moved, amen. That's what the Bible says that when we read in the book of Matthew, it says they have no root. They believe for a while. After believing for a while, what happens? The, 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 the excitement and the things of the world capture them again. It's like you come to church, you're excited. But because the word that you got no root inside of you, you believe in church only. When you go out of church, you can't believe. Hey, it's a serious thing. Imagine saying amen in church and hallelujah in church and only for a while. But when you go back outside or you go back home and the child is there and the situation is there, you, you are moved again. Yes, because you only believe for a while. Why? Because there's no root. That's what the scripture says, amen. It's like a, it's like a house that is built on, on sand. The wind comes, blows the house away. But a house that got a solid foundation, the winds will come, the storms will come, but it will not move, amen. Have you, when, you, when we went to, uh, when the storm came in Durban, you saw there by the beach, the houses there by the beach, I don't know if it was the house was built on, I mean like the houses were just swept away. Just like that, the whole big, big space, just like that. Pro not proper foundation, but the houses that had, pro even windy houses <laughs> were able to stand those weather conditions. But some houses were unable to stand it. Amen. So you see what I'm talking about? So you must be like the house that is built on a solid foundation. 
when the winds come, when the storm comes, you might make mistake, you might fall, but you say, baby, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. There's nothing that's going to move me. No accusation, no scandal, no gossip, no one is going to be able to move me because why? I'm not shallow, I'm rooted. And your roots, your roots must be so deep, it must be deeply rooted in Christ. When your roots are deeply rooted in the church, ah, you're shallow. Your roots are deeply rooted in your pastor, you're still shallow. But when they are rooted in Christ, you'll be like Job, even though he slay me, yet I will still praise him. God can take away your money, can take away your children, he can kill your children. God, I'm still standing in the midst of it, amen. That's somebody that is not shallow, somebody that is strong, amen. So you must, you must be extremely careful of the level of shallowness that you have. Because the enemy, one of the things that he wants to do is to make you so shallow that everything just pulls you away from God. Yeah, it pulls you away from God. Like I said, you must be, <laughs> you must be spiritual, amen? You must be spiritual. And, and I was praying the other day, I'm still waiting on the Lord for 2023, 20, the word. 2023, be spiritual. Our year of being spiritual. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you're excited. I just about that, amen. Our year of being spiritual. Not carnal, not fleshly, but spiritual. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, they look at us, they look, ah, you are too holy for me. You, 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 something's wrong with you. Our year of being spiritual. Hey, I'm telling you, we're not worried about the money. We're not, we want to be spiritual. We want spiritual people, hallelujah. Our year to be spiritual. Wow. I'm still waiting on God, Leroy, for a word. Our year to be spiritual. The Bible says be spiritual. The carnal man can receive nothing from God. Just that word be spiritual is loaded with much blessings, much favor, much grace. We must be spiritual. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So shallowness can cause many problems. So it means that you must read the Bible. You must spend time in prayer. You must listen to gospel music. Now don't, don't just say I listen to gospel music but I don't pray. Pray as well. Read your word as well because you can listen to Sissy Winans and uh, Ida and, and whoever the entire day. But it doesn't mean, it's some, you did a spiritual activity, but it doesn't mean that it's making you strong. You must add prayer, you must add the word, you must add seeking fasting as well. When lost did we fast? Look at your neighbor and say, when lost did you fast? Yes, when lost did you fast? Hey, I tell you it's something. Exodus 32 verses 1 to 4. Let's go there. And then I'm going to get to the message. Amen. Let me say that again. Exodus 32 1 to 4. Exodus 32 1 to 4. It's, it's difficult to understand that. that uh, what's his name? Aaron was a shallow Christian. He was so close to the anointing of God, so close. And this is the thing that being close to your pastor doesn't make you a strong Christian. It just means that you are close to somebody that's strong, but it doesn't mean that you are strong. It's like being married or, or being married to a pastor doesn't automatically make you a pastor, for example. Or being married to a prophet doesn't mean that you become a prophet instantly. You have to develop into that stage. The anointing doesn't come, I think, who is Bishop Dag or someone? The anointing doesn't come through sexual activity. The anointing doesn't come just through association. Oh, yes. It can't. You have to be strong. You can be, you can be out sexual with somebody. It doesn't mean that you're going to get the anointing. And this is what the pastors that, uh, that, 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 that sleep with the young girls in the church and stuff, what they do, they say, you, you want the anointing of my life? You got to, yes. So they finish, they finish them like, I don't want to mention their names, somewhere in South Africa, they finish them, finish them with their assistants waiting outside by the door. Yes, because there's some anointing. There was a pastor that said he had to, he had to literally 
sleep with women in order for them to conceive. Yes, because his semen was holy semen. Ah, I don't know if you came across that. Wait, I don't know if you came across this. This is in South Africa. Yes, ah, you came across that. His, his semen is anointed. <laughs> that in order for you to conceive, he needs to sleep with you. Hey, what deception has entered into the church? Yes. Some pastors uh, are sucking on women's breasts. Yes. Oh, I tell you something, it's a deception. So the anointing is not going to come like that. It doesn't mean that you are spiritual because you slept with the man of God or because you married to the man of God or because the man of God is your friend or by association. It means nothing like that. Now you see in the scripture here, Aaron was close to Moses. Aaron was close to him. Was he the nephew, right? Was the nephew. Brother, brother of Moses. Yeah. Look, brother-in-law. Full-on brother. Brother. His brother. Knows Moses from the time they were young. Went to Moses. God said, don't worry. Your, your brother Aaron will speak to you. Will speak for you because Moses was a stutterer. I touched on this last week as well. And the scripture makes us understand that when Moses went to the mountain, because God called him higher, you must understand something. There's certain people that you're going to be around that God's going to call higher. Hey, I tell you something. You might be on the same level with them. You grew up with them. You spoke to them. But God is saying to them, just go a little bit higher. And if you are not sensitive to go with them, you, you will be jealous when they're on the top. Hallelujah. You'll be jealous when they, they climb that mountain. Why? Because you want sensitive to go higher. That's why when you see other young children say, I'm going to church to pray. It's your, it's your, it, will be your, it will be a benefit to you to go to the same church and also go and pray. When somebody says, I'm fasting today, it will be benefit for you to also fast. Why? Because that person is doing something that will make them go higher. But not because you are close to that person, you think that the same grace is going to come on your life. No, it doesn't work like that. They did something extra. I believe that we're going to do just a little bit more for God. Amen. How many of us are ready to do it? Just, just not that much, just a little bit more for God. That's where we must be. We must do a little bit more. So you see that Moses goes higher. God says, Moses, come, come a little bit higher. And he doesn't take his nephew or his brother Aaron with him, sorry. Doesn't take his brother, just him and God. So there's a time where it just needs to be you and God. Where you and God communicate. Where you can go deeper with God. Your quiet time with the Lord. And he goes deeper with God. And when he goes deeper with God, God speaks to him about the glory of God. Most said, we will not go without your presence, etc. But while that is happening, you see in the verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, the people came to Aaron and they said, and Moses is taking too long. Ow. <laughs> Moses is taking too long on the mountain. What is he doing there for so long? And you'll know that God called him there. But they're complaining that he's there too long. Imagine that. He's in the presence of God and they're complaining that he's in the presence of God for too long. There'll be people in your life that will complain about how much time you spend in the presence of God. About how much time you spend reading your Bible. I remember years ago, my mother, oh, I love my mother. My mother, I was in the room. I said, today I'm locked in this room. I'm going to spend time in prayer and reading the word. I locked myself. Hey, she came to me. She knocked on the door by fire, by force. She says, oh, you're going mad. I said, why? You can't spend the whole day in the Bible and praying. I said, what's this woman? I said, I'm not going mad. I'm spending time. I wanted to say, Satan. Get behind me. But I had to have respect because it was my mother. But I knew in that moment, the spirit that was operating in her was a, a demonic spirit. Because anyone that disencourages you or brings you down or, or speaks negative words over you for spending time in the presence of God, tell you, you must understand that something's wrong with that individual. They are being used by Satan because the number one person that is against you spending time with God is Satan. Yes. So in that moment, you know they've been used by Satan. When somebody says you're in church all the time, that person is influenced by the devil, an invisible enemy in the form of your mother or in the form of your friend. An invisible enemy. So you've got to be extremely careful 
about people like that because they are the number one people that hinder you from being in the presence of God. But I declare in the name of Jesus that you are strong. I declare in Jesus' name that you are coming out powerful. Amen. So you see over here that when he went up, they said, please, I beg of you now, make us other gods that we can worship. And Aaron advised them, take all your jewelry. Let's melt this jewelry and let's make a golden call and we can worship. How did somebody that was so close to the anointed man, the one that God chose, it became so shallow because now that the anointed man is gone, everybody now is backslidden. Yes. That means that these people are shallow. That even though God showed him time and time again his hand, when the man that was anointed that was leading him had left, everybody became shallow. They said, now make us these idols that we can worship them. And the assistant to the man of God started to follow the crowd and started to say, yes, let's make these gods. Let's make these idols. Let's do this. And, they, and the Bible says that, and, they, and he presented, he says, now this is your God, worship him. And he said, this is the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Is it in verses 4 so? Just look at verses 4. Exodus 32, verses 4. What it says over there, can we read it? And he? Yes. Hmm. Yes. This is the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Did that golden call come from? It was made by human hands. Now they give him credit that is supposed to be given to God was upset. In verses 5, if you continue to read, God speaks to Moses. He says, Uh uh, go back. Go back now. Go and talk to these people. They have done a wicked thing. Why? Because of their shallowness. Moses, I think in that time, uh, Moses should have been spending more hours with God. He should have been much more deeper in the presence. But because of what Aaron and them did, because of their shallowness, they did not believe God. They did not, I believe that Moses was going to get more revelation in the presence of God if it weren't for Aaron and them. Yes, because when you look at that verse, you find out that God, God saw what they did and he was upset. And he says, go. Go back. And go tell them. I think that's in verses 5 or so. And you continue to read, you'll see. God. So it means that, hey, I tell you something, this is serious. Don't, don't be around people that are shallow. Because they can, they can stop you from receiving deep truths from God. Especially because they don't understand spiritual things. And that's why I always say to you that sometimes supernatural and spiritual things in your carnal mind and in your fleshly mind, it's difficult to understand them. It's extremely difficult to understand why certain things happen at certain times. Why God moves in this way and not in that way. Because we always know him according to tradition to move in this way. But it seems like he's breaking the tradition and he's moving in another way. Why is God using, uh, I'm just using an example, why God is using JCMI? Why is not using a big church down the road? Why God is using this church and he's using the young people? It means because he's breaking tradition and he's doing it in another way. But because you are not spiritual, you are shallow, you try and figure, and you must understand something, huh? I, I, even reading the Bible, it doesn't mean that you are deep. Yes, it doesn't mean that you are deep. Because Satan, Satan, Satan knows the Bible as well. It doesn't mean that you're deep. You know... I would think that certain things that even when, when, when dealing with God, especially with spiritual matters, sometimes things, the word can't explain it. Have you ever found, sometimes you cry in the presence of God and you weep and you wonder, what, what's, this, what's this experience that you're having? What's happening to you? You go look in the Bible and you try and find out, why is it when the worship is on, something happens to me, my hands begin to shake. Why? And you look in the Bible, you can't find it. You can't find it. You look in the scriptures because there's no crime. You wonder, why, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? 
in the presence of God. You just got this bubbly thing and you laugh. <laughs> and you ask, why? And you go in the scriptures, you can't find it. So you can easily, you can easily say that what you are experiencing is not of God. Or what you are experiencing is of the devil. And you start to feel bad within yourself every time you start to cry in the presence of God. Because you can't match it in the scriptures. That's why I'm saying it's not, your, your shallowness doesn't depend on how many verses you can quote in the Bible. Quoting the verses is important. Knowing Genesis to Revelation is important and it has its place. But being spiritual and being deep is more important because your spirit is open to the dealings and the movings of God. There's certain things that happen spiritually that we, we don't know. Even right now we are sitting, there is no, there's no verse that says there are demons that are sitting in this meeting right now. Monitoring the service. Oh yes. Oh yes, you do know that, huh? We don't know. We don't know the spiritual activity that is. We know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But to say that he came to this service to listen to this word. To monitor this meeting. Even when you talk about witchcraft and, and people killing chickens and putting it outside of your house and then certain uh, reactions and things happen in your life, there's no proper verse that can explain it. But it's somebody that is deep. That's why we have the gifts of the Spirit that we are able to discern spiritual things. And you realize that this thing that I have, it's a discernment of a Spirit, but the Scripture doesn't show me how to discern. It just says, I'll receive a gift that will be able to discern. Oh, I don't think you'll hear what I'm trying to say. So you'll walk into a place, there's no scripture that will say, in this place there's a lot of unforgiveness. You can't, you can't find it. So if you think you're just going to come and just quote the word of God and not be deep and spiritual, you would miss what God is doing. I remember years ago I was in record Road and I went into the house. Oh, discernment. Get into the house. I see there's a lot of arguments between family members here. Lots of unforgiveness. People started to break down. But there was no scripture that, that showed me this. It, it meant that I had to tap in. I had to go a little bit higher like Moses went. To access those deep things of God. Yes. Because you go into a place. You, 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 you go into a place and you read your scriptures. Blah, 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 blah. And the people will not receive. One person will come. He say, by the Spirit of the Lord, I see that God is about to shift this family into, and the people start to weep and cry, and the anointing comes into the place. Whereas you, with your Bible degree and your, and, your, and your diplomas and stuff, you came, nothing happened, the anointing never fall. But somebody that accessed the deep things of God, somebody that accessed the Spirit of God, came and told them that, and they were like, What? You understand what I'm saying? That's why Paul says, when I came to you, brethren, it was not with enticing wisdom or, or man's wisdom, but I came in the demonstration of the power of God. I came to let you know that as for me, I'm not a shallow Christian. I'm a deep somebody. Yes, I see you becoming deep in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. You're becoming deep. <laughs> You're becoming deep. That's why there's... there's there's a lot of people that, and even you look at Moses. Moses, you think he, he, he probably had no education. He was, yeah, he was trained by Pharaoh and them and stuff, but he's, he's, his English wasn't bad. And English is not the qualification. Your good English is not a qualification for ministry. You, even your education is not a qualification for ministry. If you're uneducated, it means nothing. Oh, yes. It means that it's nice to be educated. We promote education. We promote go, go to university. But it doesn't mean that because you're not educated, you can't stand and minister the word of God. Yes. Paul, as educated as he was, he says, my preaching wasn't with enticing words because I have enticing words. He said, I can, I can give you the Queen's English. Bonjour, whatever. Like, I can, I can speak that English to you if you want to know. Uh, not over there why English. Not Queen English. You understand? Like, therefore, King James English. I can speak that English to you, but it was not for that. It was in the demonstration of power. Paul was somebody that was extremely deep. Yes, deeper than most of the people. When I look at Paul's life, I see him as being very, very, very deep. Extremely deep. 
Yeah, they talk about Demaeus uh, abandoned the faith in Timothy because he loved the world, and, and he talks about people, Barnabas, and going and led, being led astray and stuff. But it means that they want rooted, they want deep. Paul said, I had a message of Satan come, and he came to shake my life. But his grace was sufficient for me. His strength was made perfect in weakness. He says, I was shipwrecked, I was homeless, left for dead. But the man never backslide. He never lose faith in God. You, you got no money in your account, you lose faith in God. When things are bad in your life financially, you lose faith in God. If somebody says today you are homeless, you will backslide. Because this thing about God giving us blessings, and it's not what God wants for your life. Yes, you don't measure my life by the abundance of blessings that I have. If I don't get it, so what? If you never drive a car in your life, so what? If you never live the house in a bluff, so what? So what? So what? You need to ask yourself the question. <laughs> what is the hope for your salvation? What is the hope for your salvation? Because if you can backslide when things are going bad in your life, it shows us that you are shallow. If you can backslide because somebody spoke certain words over you, I don't need, a, I don't need to prophesy over your life to understand that you are a shallow Christian. If you got no food tonight, and you, I, I'm telling you, I've ate, I went to bed countless of times with no food. I went to bed with no lights. I walked to school with holes under my shoes. But my faith in God was still firm. I was homeless in Joburg. But my faith in God was still firm. Even though I was homeless, I was walking down the road. Lord, someone's going to open a door for me. Someone's going to do something for me. So I had faith in God. I would walk and pray. The guys came on the streets. Wake up, wake up. I was outside the casino sleeping. Wake up, wake up. In the midst of that, I still trusted God. I never backslide. While I was in prayer, my sister comes. We were kicked out. There's nowhere to go. Training over. Still have my faith in God. Because why? I cannot become a shallow Christian. My, my faith in Him is so grounded and rooted. And that's where you must get. So moved in God. So convinced about God. So convinced about why you serve Him. Convinced about why you're here tonight. Convinced about why you worship Him. You must be convinced about it. So that nothing can move you. Nothing can move you. They can say what they want to say about you. They can do what they want to do to you. You will still stand strong in God. I wish you were in church today. It seems like I'm preaching to the wrong crowd tonight. Are you here tonight? Amen. Don't be at home watching Generation. What time Generation starts? 8 o'clock, huh? Yeah, don't mind. Welcome today. Generation's cancelled. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Leroy knows. <laughs> I've not watched one game yet. Hey, I need to watch at least one game to say I'm a man at least, you know. Just watch one game. One game. I saw Argentina was playing the other day. Did they win or something? Was it Argentina that was playing? Oh, no, sorry. I drank a Coke and it said Argentina on the arm. I was thinking. <laughs> I'm only thinking. I thought maybe I saw a highlight or something. You know the Coke bottles now, they got the, <laughs> this Argentina. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know who's playing. I don't know, I don't even know what's happening, who's winning. I just, I just see Geronimo's statuses and I, I get to understand what's going on a lot of it. Amen. So are you with me tonight? Amen. So let's go to Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1. Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1. 1 Corinthians. Are you okay? Everything fine? Okay. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1. I'm going to read to you a different version, but is that the King James Version? Put the King James Version on. I'm going to read the Ronald Knox translation. Ronald Knox, there's lots of versions out there, right? So the second, the second um, 
principle for backsliding or the reason why people backslide is we said first, shallowness. Number two is emptiness. Emptiness, emptiness. Is it possible you can get a gloss, if you can put a little bit of sand, there's some sand outside, just put some sand in one gloss, or yeah, just sand in one gloss and water in one gloss. I just want to demonstrate something, all right? Sand in one gloss and water in one gloss. Thank you so much, Leah. Uh, are you there in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1? Let me see what this version says, right? Okay, cool. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, I become a sounding brass or a tang what tangling symbol? Tingling symbol, right? Tingling. So the Ronald Knox translation says, the, 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 the lost verses, the verse, lost line, he says, I am no better than an echoing bronze. An echoing bronze. So he says, though I speak in tongues, I'm no better than an echoing. So you know when you, when you hit a, the, um, the, the, a symbol or something, I wish we had a drum now. When you hit the symbol, you just hear, dee, dee, dee. You, have you ever hit a drum and you just hear that sound? So that sound is like, a, like an echoing. It has an echo to it and stuff. Ching! Or you know those things that you have in your house? What's those things called? Say again. Those those things, man, like you, you chimes, chimes, huh? When you touch the chimes, ching, for a little after you have left it already, you can still hear that, that echoing sound and stuff, right? So the scripture here is uh, depicting to us is that even though you speak in tongues, you are like an echo. Now, in order for something to echo, if you study and you, 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 you understand it, the only time something echoes when there's like emptiness, when something is full, or when there's a large, large, lots of people, or when it's filled, you would not find an echo in it. Why? Because it's full. But if there is emptiness, you would normally find an echo, even try it in a bottle or try it in a box or whatever. Uh, you would see that there would be an echo. I think on, I think on this computer. One, two. A little bit, right? Can you hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so an, an echo, echo in what I'm saying right now. Why? Now this is not because it's empty. But this but is because of the sound effect. But most of the time, time you would find people going go into big, big spaces. spaces. If you, maybe you're somebody that welds or something, and you weld in a tank or something, a confined space, you understand? You weld, you would hear the echo if you had to scream in the Why? Because it's empty. But if that same tank is filled with water, you won't be able to hear. Ah, if you guys are following what I'm trying to say, you can just leave it there. I'll call you now to pick it up just now, or you can keep it by you, right? So, you you would find out that it's not so empty. Why? Because it's filled. But the echo comes when it's empty. So, emptiness or not being filled with anything is one of the key causes for somebody to be to backslide. Now, I want you to understand what I'm trying to say because. They, 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 they say that empty vessels make the what? The loudest? Yes, they make the loudest noise. So when something is not filled, <laughs> it's much more louder than when something is filled. Oh, sorry. It's much more louder than when it's not filled. If something is filled, sorry, it's not louder than when something is empty. Are you following what I'm trying to say? Why? Because the sound has a lot of space to get out. So that's why even when we do outreach, I try and tell the cause not to park in front of the speakers. Because if you park in front of the speakers, the sound is unable to go out because the car, the vehicle, is blocking it. Move the vehicle, you would see that the sound, why? Because the space is much, I don't know if you guys following what I'm trying to say. So the scripture says, though I speak in tongues and I'm empty, 
It's just that I'm making a lot of noise by speaking in tongues. But I'm still empty. Uh, yes. Because speaking in tongues is not an indication that you're filled. The, the, one of the signs that you have the Holy Spirit. Now there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and having the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Most people think when they speak in tongues, that's the filling of the Holy Spirit. No, 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 it's not. It's more than that. That's the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit inside and you have a measure of the Holy Spirit inside of you. But you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and, and be filled with spiritual things and be filled with the fullness of God. And I'm going to get into it, right? So it doesn't mean, because people that can speak in tongues, ah, yes, even children can speak in tongues. Five-year-olds can speak in tongues. Does it mean that they are... They are deep. No, they, I'm even backslid and we spoke in tongues before. Oh yes, I spoke in tongues and I backslid. So it doesn't determine my deepness. It's because I can still be empty. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's because I can still be empty and still speak in tongues. Are you following? Right. So your emptiness is an indication that you are on the road you've got signage out saying I'm ready to backslide without you indicating that I'm going to backslide first your shallowness now your emptiness your shallowness is your convictions what you believe you don't believe that much and now your emptiness means that you have not filled yourself with anything you got saved, you were born again, you were baptized, you spoke in tongues, but that's it, you're still empty. Yes, you, you, you're not mature, you're still drinking milk when you're supposed to be eating meat. And the, 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 the milk is even still choking you. Yes, the milk is a problem for you, you can't have too much. You, know? <laughs> you can't give a baby too much milk. To give them a and now some of us are like that. We have to have some. But how many years you sitting on milk and haven't yet progressed to meat or progressed to solid things? Why? It means because you are empty and to be full requires a lot of work. I wish you all are hearing what I'm saying. To be full requires a lot of work. It requires activity. It requires that you do something. And our Christian faith, we are extremely lazy. We rather sit and watch TV than sit and pray. We rather sit and do other things than actually listen to good preaching. It shows to us that there's no spiritual activity happening in our lives. So we, be, we are very empty, even though you can... But you are extremely empty. Yes. You know, Paul says, I think it was Paul that says, be ready in and out of season. Was it Paul that said it? Be ready in and out of season. You must be always be ready. I think it, yeah, I don't know if it's in uh, Corinthians. You must always be ready to give a defense of your faith. In any time, somebody questions you of why you believe what you believe, you must always be ready to give a uh, defense of your faith. But some of you, 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 somebody questions you, or even something happens in your life, you're unable to give a defense because you're very shallow. You're very empty. You've got nothing inside of you. Somebody says, pray for me. Wait, hold it. I got a pastor that will pray for you. I'll, be, I send, I'll send you a link. You can make an appointment with pastor, and pastor will pray for you. Yes, easy. He can pray for you. Why? Because it, means, it shows the indication that you are empty. Somebody that is full can't wait to take a mic. Somebody that is full can't wait for an opportunity to lay hands. Somebody that is full can't wait for an opportunity. You don't even, you're not even nervous when it's open air time. You are ready to give a testimony and you are ready to share your faith. It shows that you are full of the word. Is that you've been in the presence of God. You've been with God and you're not intimidated. If somebody says testify, you're not going to be like, what flushes won't eat you? If you are nervous in terms of standing before people, yeah. But in terms of giving an account of what God has done in your life, you'll be extremely excited. You don't be scared when people 
call you to do things. Say, I'm ready. Look at your neighbor and say, if you need me to preach somewhere, I'm ready to go. Yes. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. I'm not empty. I'm somebody that is extremely deep. Tell them, tell them I'm not empty. I'm extremely, I'm deep, 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 deep. Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 13, verse 6. Luke 13, verse 6. Are you liking this message? Amen. Hallelujah. You're coming out. Amen. Luke chapter 13, verses number 6. It's a parable of the fig tree that Jesus curses. I remember years ago, I was in a church. The church's name starts with the letter Z. And the country is, starts with A, right? So you figure the church out, right? So anyway, I was in this church. And the elder of the church for 20 years comes to me. You see, I can't mention, I don't want to mention any church's name now. Uh, I sometimes, even if in a good way I'm mentioning it, I still won't mention it, right? <laughs> I just use letters of the alphabet. Amen. So I was in this particular church. And the elder for 20 years of the church is excited. He sees me. And he says, hey, I've been in the church for 20 years. And thank God. I'm like, wow faithful guy 20 years in the ministry i'm an elder he says many have come and gone but i'm still standing i i marveled at his faithfulness is marvel the right word i was in awe of his faithfulness it was something that was that was admire admirable if that's the word right something that i desired and stuff 20 years faithful so i continued to speak to me and stuff and then one day the pastor was doing communion and when the communion was going on he called the same brother that was saved and an elder for 20 years he says come and please pray so he went and he, he stood next to the pastor he shook his head he said no he says no the pastor said pray He's like, mm -mm. the pastor screamed on the mic he says pray man and the guy took the mic and lo and behold this elder for 20 years was empty he could not deliver in prayer he could not pray he could not even say a scripture in prayer his prayer was extremely empty he could not talk about the word all he knew was I was 20 years as an elder but yet i was empty and even the i think the pastor made a mistake too you don't get people to be elders that are not spirit filled that are empty maybe they were just i don't know what what he was what he was an elder for though or maybe it was just for administration or something but he was extremely empty and i was shocked and it reminds me of this verse. You see, because look at your neighbor now. Just look at them one. Just look at them one minute. Say to them, you look deep. You, you look deep. You look deep. You have an appearance of being deep. But I'm not sure if you are really deep or empty. Hey. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Deep but empty. Deep but empty. You look deep but you're empty. Oh yes, you look deep but you empty. You look deep but you empty. <laughs> you look deep but you empty. Ah, I think I must be like Bishop Dag. You look deep but you empty. You look deep but you empty. Make a song. Yeah, you look deep but you empty. Oh, everything about you is deep. When you talk, when you lift up your hands, ah, even your tongues, the way you shake your head, you look extremely deep. But you're empty. <laughs> you don't like my teaching. Eh? Yes. Deep but empty. Come on, Lena. Deep but empty. Deep but empty. Yes. You understand what I'm trying to say? So Jesus looks at this tree from a distance. This tree looked extremely fruit 
Why? Because it had leaves on. But in getting closer to this tree, he finds out that this tree has no leaves, but it had the appearance of a leaf. Let me read the scripture. If you think I'm lying to you, right? I hope I'm in the, in the right verse. Luke chapter 6, chapter 13, verse 6. He says, A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but not, did not find any. He said to the man who took care of this vineyard, For three years, remember I preached on this, eh? For three years I've been coming to look for free fruit on the fig tree, and I have not found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up soil? Good for nothing. May you never become a good for nothing Christian. Oh, I don't think you're happy with that. I said, may you never become a good for nothing Christian. May you be useful. The Bible says here, why must they use up the soil? The tree was using up the soil. So the scripture says he came expecting, came looking, but the person was empty. But the free tree never have no fruit on it. And that's how most of us are. Like I said, we have that appearance that we are spiritual. We have the appearance that we are deep, but we're actually not deep. Why? Because of our emptiness. And if you are empty, you are either going to be filled with something positive or with something negative. Yes. Um, you must understand that. Can I have the can I have the glass, please? With the glass? She was? Come, come quickly, please. Hallelujah. So, I, I wish I had a dirt in another thing and the water in another thing. But this is how we are. We are normally, can I have another glass, a cup or something? Yeah. I don't know if it a cup empty, empty. I don't know if it's going to fill in that. Okay, cool. Let me just read this out. So this is how we are, right? What is it? Empty. Oh, you're able to hear empty, right? Most of us, before we came to Christ, we were like this. We were empty. Right? Empty. But when the Spirit of God came on us, we were, we were filled with a certain measure of the Spirit, right? Now, this this container or your life because you are empty, nothing, empty vessel. You know, according to Corinthians 13 verse 1, speaking tongues but you're empty, you've got the Holy Spirit in you but you are still empty. So what happens to you is that it's that you can choose to fill your life with spiritual things, positive things or you could fill your life with negative things. And all the negative things will just overflow, overflow. But it seems like, okay, because it's sand, that's why. And all you will fill your life with, with negative things. So yet you were supposed to fill your life with spiritual things, positive things. But you filled your life with negative things. You filled your, li your life with secular music. I tell you now, if you were secular music, you're filling your on your phone and you listen to it intentionally. You fill in your life with all this dirt. This is how your life has been filled because nothing spiritual is happening in your life. If you're listening to who's loving my baby and kissing and twerking and I'm a piano and all these things with no spiritual, no spiritual meaning, no sp your life has been filled with this. You understand what I'm saying? Right? You can see the dirt, right? Okay, cool. So, when you are watching movies the whole day, watching series the whole day, watching soapies the whole day, and not listening to preaching, you're filling your life with this. Right? So, if you are not being filled with the Spirit of God in your life, the enemy is filling you with the things of the world. So, when we deal with you, when we pray with you, and we cast out on the in the beginning of your salvation, we have to cast out all these things, right? 
All these things have to come out, all the dirt has to come out of you. All the filthy thinking, the gossip, the line, the, everything has to come out of you, right? I'm not mentioning fornication, don't worry, you're safe, okay? So all these things have to come out of you. So when these things come out of you, the enemy sees that you have not filled yourself with the spirit. He still sees your house empty. So he comes again, even though you're spiritual, even though you speak in tongues, even though you receive your deliverance, even though you receive Christ, he comes again and he fills you with the same judge yourself. So you spiritual, know you not that your body is a temple of God, you speak in tongues, but you fold with this. And that is the reason why most of us backslide, is because of what's filling you every single day. What's filling you at work, what's filling you at home, what's filling you at school, what's filling you even in your house. So you like this. But that's why when circumstances come, we so easily backslide. Why? Because we are not filled with this. We are filled with this. So backsliding would be very easy for you because of what you're filling yourself with. Hope you understand what I'm saying. So make sure that empty, you empty. You bring that, that one there. You empty. Make sure you fill yourself with all of this. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 18. Thank you so much, Kesari. Philippians 4, verses 8, I think. I think my time is almost up because the kum is going to be coming just now. Philippians 4 verses 8. This verse shows us what we must be filled with. Or what must be constantly on our mind. You know some of us, the lost things on our mind, sometimes is Christ. Let's say for example you are caught in a financial situation. What's the first thing you're thinking about? Either pawning something, either borrowing some from somewhere and stuff. You're not thinking about God delivering you out of the situation or having faith for God to take the sin away from you. The first thing you are thinking about is the negative things. Rather than, even though I'm in the situation, God can deliver me. You follow me what I'm saying? Why? It's because throughout the day, you have been empty and you've been filling yourself with the wrong things instead of God. I hope you guys are, come on, you're getting this message, amen. I hope you're filling, you're, you're getting something, amen. So look at this, it says, finally, brother, brothers and sisters, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever, sorry, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Can you see that? He says, think about such things. What is true? That lie somebody came to tell you about somebody else. Don't think about that gossip. It's not true. It's a lie. Think about what is true. Hey, I tell you something. You know, I was just talking to a certain sister today. And she was telling me how the gossip, she's experiencing the gossip from people in the church. Yes, I must address it. That people saw her, and she said it's not true. She said people saw her coming out of somebody's house with a nightgown. Hey! And she says they must have seen someone else. It wasn't me. But it was an untrue thought. It was an untrue because why are you sitting and your mind is not filled with the word? Your mind is not filled with spiritual things. Your mind is not even filled with the message that I preach. Your mind is filled with the wrong things. So what happens to you? You think about things that are not true. Have you seen people that make up stories? Oh yes. They just make it up fabricate a story that was non-existent they make it exist oh and they even mention the color gown hey and, and let me say can I say something if you see a brother or a sister caught in an error 
if you see a brother or a sister fallen by the wayside, you that is spiritual, restore such a one. Not gossip about such a one. That's the Bible. So why is it the... Oh, Holy Ghost, help me. Why is it that the first thing that has to come out of our mouth must be a gossip or must be a story? Have you decided within your heart, let me go and try and restore that person that I saw falling rather than go and expose them and talk about them and lie about them, the sister or the brothers in a bad state? And the question would be, of every, anyone that's a gossiper, you would understand. You ask him, did you go and try and talk to them? Did you even make an effort? Did you WhatsApp them? Did you text them? You find out no effort was even made. There is somebody that wants to destroy instead of build. That's somebody that wants, you know, you know you've got people that come onto your WhatsApp statuses. There will be people that come onto your Facebook. People that try and be close to you. Only to see how they can destroy your life. But they come in a sense and in a way, they smile, they laugh, and they talk. But hey, it's so deceptive and demonic. It's like the person is working for Satan. Because Satan has an appearance of light. You think the person wants your, your best interest at hand. But that person has a conniving deceitful, destroying demonic power that the moment you slip up something about your life or slip up something about your weakness, that person can destroy you in a moment. It's like they're waiting for your downfall. That's why the scripture says, come on now. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I might not even know who they are, but he knows who they are and he prepares their table. For those haters that said you will never make it, God says, don't worry about it, I'm preparing a table. The table has been set. The food is out in the presence of your enemies. In other words, God's saying, I will lift you up. Even though they hate on you, even though they talk about you, I'll still lift you up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that's God. That's how God operates. That's how God works. So you, your mindset must be, because I'm spiritual, I must think about things that are true. I must think about things that are pure. Not all these demonic things I'm filling my mind with. That's why I said those that are shallow would hear even a message. If you go, I'm going to upload it on YouTube tomorrow. I'll even, those that will hear gossip, and we'll talk about the, the power that gossip has and how it can destroy the church. Ah, they believe for a while in church. But because they are shallow and empty of the church, when an opportunity presents itself to gossip, they gossip because they are not shallow, they are shallow and they are not deep. Yes. It's like you preach about something, you can take the revelation, catch the fire. But you walk out the church, you believe for a while. Yes, you tell yourself in the cell, oh, I must stop gossiping, I must stop. But after the service, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten steps to the door. You believe for ten steps only. After the ten steps, did you hear? Oh, and, and, and you must know that gossipers, they, they kind of like don't have an appearance of gossip. Because they, they either talk to you out of sincerity, but ah, I'm telling you, you must see the spirit behind them. You have to. There's a spirit behind them. It looks like, uh, and, and you know, I'm not saying this out of, and I, I, I'm not normally one that, you know, mock them that labor among you. The scripture says, mock them. Mock them, watch them. Oh, we're tired of this garbage in the church. We're tired of this rubbish. It must go or they must go. Because it can destroy the church. That God is trying to build something. God is trying to, and because of gossip, one sister said, me and my family, we're not coming no more. Yes, I understand. I'm not worried about their spirit. I'm worried about their spirituality. But I'm more worried about the person that, 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 that caused the offense. Why? Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Why can't we love? Why can't we care? 
Why can't we be kind? Why can't we be true? Why can't we be pure? Why can't we be noble? It's because you are filling yourself with garbage. Because on the corner in your house, you go to your neighbor, you walk across the street, and you gossip. Your neighbor gossips to you about the other lady down the road. And you fill yourself with garbage. You are not a Christian, man. You can't be Christ-like if that's your nature, if that's your behavior. You need to ask yourself this question, am I a Christian? Am I behaving like Christ? Because we are filling ourselves, the demons come back worse. Well, you think I'm playing with you. Imagine, the Bible says if anyone, when the Bible says if anyone causes these little ones to fall away, it would be better for him if a milestone was tied around his neck and he was thrown into the deep ocean. If through your gossip, if through your lying, if through your deceit, you cause someone to stumble. Through your life, you're responsible. Jesus says, you better have a milestone around your neck and get thrown into the ocean. That's how serious he takes it. Oh, my life, I, 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 I pray in my life, Brother Charles, that I'm not responsible for anyone falling and going to hell. Hey! It's, it's like a milestone must be put around my neck into deep ocean. You see that scripture? Can somebody Google it for me? So we can see. You found it live? No. It's serious. And ladies, uh, I'm, I'm just, the kumbis there, I have to finish now. And ladies, I just say it out of love and out of sincerity, even the guys. But especially ladies, but ladies, please, I beg of you. I, I truly, I beg with you by the mercy of God. I give you a warning as your pastor, as a child of God. Stay away from gossip. It will destroy your life. You cannot climb higher. It will bring you down so fast. You think you are climbing, you think you're going somewhere, it will bring you back down. Sometimes this is the one thing that hinders many Christians. You found it, love? What's that? Please, 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 say it again so some people can take it down as well. Luke 17, 1 and 2. Okay. Yes. Cause them to go away, cause them to fall, milestone around his neck, and cast into the sea. Oh yes, offense will come. Sometimes un unintentional, but I'm, I'm talking about when you cause somebody through your deceit. I, I understand if it wasn't something that you did and somebody was offended, God can't hold you for it. But now it's something that you know that you are involved in. You are a part of it. You were discussing it. They said that a milestone goes around it. It's a serious thing, Leroy. So we must be Christians. And that's why I said, I give you a warning, please. For your, not for my sake. Ah, I'm not worried about me. For your own sake. Young children as well. Because I even know amongst the youth is gossip. They gossip about each other. For your own sake. For your own sake. Stop it. Help yourself. Help yourself. And stay away from it. If you are going to say something, think on that which is pure. Think that on that which is true. Fill yourself with that rather than garbage. And if you see somebody fallen, go to them. Find out. I haven't seen you. I see you like this. I see you like that. Even if you heard something, don't even utter what you heard to them. What are you in the business of destroying? Or are you in the business of pulling down? You don't love this church if you are a gossiper in this church. I tell you now. It means you don't love. It's like you are secretly working for Satan. If you gossip about the people in this church, it's like you are secretly wor worshiping Satan. Working for Satan behind the scenes. Because you are trying to destroy people. 
trying to destroy what God is doing. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. If you say, just say, this thing is too high for me. If somebody comes say, the, the, the knowledge that you are about to tell me, it's too high for me. Say, it's too high. Did you hear about, say, this knowledge is too high for me. I don't want to hear it, it's too high. I wish I can finish Sunday. I'll continue. Are you enjoying the teaching, Amen? Yes, emptiness, emptiness. Let me give you a scripture before we go. Acts chapter six, verses five. Oh yes, I love the Lord. He loves me so much. It's important. This is important. Ooh, when, the, when, the, when the sister told me, I was like, hey, Lord. Hey. Are you there? Can you read it, Lira? full of faith full of faith and the Holy Spirit so they chose him because he was what full he was filled with something what are you filled with some of us want to be leaders some of us want to what are you filled with as a leader what are you filled with we must be extremely careful we must be extremely careful it stands our feet amen Were you blessed? I don't not come to church now.